From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Let us uh, rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, we're glad to have Miriam San Martino join us, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities and Social Concerns here for the Diocese of Sacramento. Always good to see you, Miriam. Well, thank you for having me, Bob. Yeah, we, here we are moving into the summer. All these wonderful things happening. Yeah, yeah. And you're, we were talking off air uh, it's a lot of opportunities uh, during this Eucharistic revival that we're having for maybe for families to get together. You know, Absolutely. One of, one of my daughters who uh, goes to Sacramento City College uh, got involved with Newman at Davis. Mm. She has fallen in love with Eucharistic adoration. Wow. You know, just uh, out of the blue, you know, and. And, you know, she'll go to a Newman event and come home. And I said, so what, 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 what'd you do? We did this, we did this. And then we had adoration and she just loves it. (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, what most people have shared with me, you know, when they go to Eucharistic adoration, they feel this overwhelming sense of love that they're not used to. Yeah. Right. Many of us are so used to not being loved in that way. Uh-huh. And we don't know how to share that love. And then when you're in that silence, you know, there's music sometimes and you're in that um, intimate moment, right, mm-hmm. with the Lord. I, I think if you place, if you open your heart and you're open to that vulnerability, you feel the intensity of that yeah, love. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? It's addicting, uh, almost, we, right? <laughs> we just, you know, people. We 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 all have our our own problems, and the world has its own problems. And here, this is available mm-hmm. to anybody. Yeah. You know? yeah, and it's real. You know, it's 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 sometimes hard to explain to people that it's real. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and I guess that's really what a lot of the Eucharistic revival is all about is is the Absolutely. reality of yeah. of the presence of Christ. Yeah, it's not something separate. It's not something that's you know uh, reserved for a certain few. It's there. It's available. Um, and you maybe if you've never done it before, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Your presence there, right? And to be in presence of Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know I. My daughter is five now, mm-hmm. um, and she just finished TK, and I, I it's 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 a real special uh, moment when, as a parent, right, you realize my kid loves me no matter what. Yep. You know, to her, I am an example of everything. Um, she models what I say. She models what I do, and she loves me no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when I haven't been used to receiving that consistent love, you know, it could be really strange, but we feel the same thing. I think that's the closest thing that I can describe as to, um, you know, God's love for us. Yeah. And and that's just a glimpse. Well, you know, I I remember um, with our very firstborn Mm. and first off, seeing the ultrasound Mm, Yeah. and the doctor saying, that's the heart beating and yeah. just the spontaneous tears my mom was there who, who was an rn her whole life okay. you know yeah and had seen a lot of stuff in her life and she just same thing just <laughs> these spontaneous tears and then i remember when when he was born that you know they clean him up and everything and then they handed him to me yeah and I realized in that instant, I would 
die for him. Mm-hmm. I've right. never even met him. I mean, it's, right. it's funny because the woman, of course, is carrying the child and has a much more <laughs> intimate relationship and presence with the child for nine months. Right. I mean, a guy can be off playing golf, you know. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's different. You're, you may be excited and you, you're paying attention and all those things, but just having him in my arms, I, I was like, it was boom. And, and I had the same realization that ha- that's how God loves me. Yeah, yeah. Know? And that I am his child. Yeah. And and I have to keep that in mind when I see or encounter people that are not very friendly or <laughs> yes. or, or worse, you yes. know. And yeah. say, no, 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 God loves that person just as much as He loves you, mm-hmm. and He also loves that person probably a billion times more than I love my <laughs> own kids, which is hard to imagine. It is right because even as a parent, your your kid will frustrate you. Sure. At any time, right? You're tired, you're stressed out, or they're having a bad day too, right? They're yeah. hungry, they don't know yeah. how to process their emotions. It's very difficult. And and we have, you know, that sinful nature of breaking that continuous love. Right. We get frustrated, we, right. we lash out. Um, and so to have that continuous reminder right in front of um, the Holy Eucharist, he, that Jesus is really there, and it's a reminder, it's a humbling moment, Right. That at the end of the day, this is the love that matters. And it, the way that we have a relationship with our children, the way that we have a relationship with our community and our brothers and sisters in need, that's how we truly experience that love even, even deeper. Yeah. How, do, how best to explain, whether it's adoration or the Eucharist itself uh, and receiving Holy Communion, to a child? You're probably facing that right now. Yes. Yeah. Um, my daughter loves to ask questions, um, you know, and she'll see, you know, the, the crucifix and she'll say, well, why did Jesus die? And my response has always been, well, because he loves us so much, mm-hmm. you know, and after telling her that so many times that her next response has been, well, I want to go back to heaven. Mm-hmm. She says, because I'm going to be happy there. Mm-hmm. I said, you are going to be happy. Go there. back. Yeah. Like, she says, go back yeah. to heaven. And I was like, well, you know, that it's really in God's hands. And she goes, I think you're going to go to heaven first. She goes, because you're older. Mm-hmm. I said, like, well, it's, again, you know, hopefully that that's God's plan. Yeah. You know, and so, we'll, you know, we'll go to mass. And I say, do you see what the priest is doing? I said, Jesus is there. She goes, how? I don't see him. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. I said, just quiet a little bit and you'll see he's there. You know, and, and uh, we go to St. Mary's and, and Father Brian had a beautiful homily this, um, you know, and he said, we're, we're weird, right? Because we're Catholics, because we believe that this bread really turns into the body of Christ. Right. And he said, and he goes, we eat Jesus. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, that's a great way to explain to my daughter what we do. We eat Jesus, uh-huh. you know, and, and it's because he loves us so much that he comes into communion with us, right. you know, and so she's starting to get it. A little bit, but she still says, well, I don't see him. I don't see him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's the whole reason for the Eucharistic revival, but we keep hearing about these polls that, mm-hmm. that even faithful Catholics, and it's not a that, that don't believe in the real presence, and it, it doesn't it doesn't mean they're quote unquote bad Catholics or, no, or no. anything else. Uh, if if you don't believe something, you don't believe something. You know, yeah. you can you can say I know I'm supposed to believe that, but I just don't happen to. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but and I think a lot of the revival is is educational in a in a loving way yes like 
Absolutely. Like, if if I if I have some trouble with whatever, um, I have trouble with the cosmos. I I, <laughs> I mean I can't believe there are billions of planets and stars that yeah. I and I go why why did God make that? You know mm-hmm. it's mind boggling. Yeah. But but I always talk to people that believes you know like like if 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 I was having trouble with the Eucharist as a real presence um i'd want to talk to people who really believe it yeah and understand yeah. what why do you believe it ultimately it's something in your heart yes and and ultimately it's a grace from god um i guess i'm one of those lucky people that never had that doubt mm. but i've certainly known a lot of people and, and a lot of people who i think who give sort of lip service to yeah i do sort of you know and <laughs> And I, I think it's, I don't know why it's necessary that Jesus had to do this. Mm. I mean, I, I, why it was necessary for for the bread and wine. Yeah. I mean, and, and there are a lot of people who are very respectful of the bread and wine. Yes. And see it as a symbol. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're faithful Catholics. They just haven't crossed that line yeah but i think i think it, it it's a much more profound experience when you really do understand that that is the body and blood you it it you know our we're full of mysteries in our church yes we are and yes, we, we, are. we have to be because we don't have all that knowledge yet yeah and, no, uh, no it hasn't been revealed to us hasn't yet. been revealed yeah. but there has to be a reason why that's the way it is mm-hmm. that that this really does have to and if you go back to the words of Jesus, you know, I've gone over that a, a million times. <laughs> yeah. And I've gone over it with people that don't believe. And and the, the one the one thing they, they keep falling back on is saying, do this in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. And that sounds a little like symbolic. Right. You know. Right. But prior to that, he says, take this, eat this. This is my body. It, it's hard to parse those words. Yeah, he, and um, that's the the beauty, right? That we can go back to those words, we read yeah. them, and um, the experience, right? To try to understand what does this really mean, right. um, and uh, the beauty of it that we, if we can do it right in community within our families, so that we can have those open dialogue and have allow that space right. to have those questions, um, and and you know a lot of the. Because people ask, you know, why are there so many uh, poor, you know, the poverty rate is so high. There's the unhoused that are constantly, you know, we see them every day. Um, there's wildfires. There's yeah. diseases. You know, there's there's so many issues that are facing us. So why is that? Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of it is because we've gotten so far away from that, mm-hmm. the, the truest form of love. And we're so afraid to go back to it. Yep. Um, so how do we continue to have that conversation and be open to that invitation right that's there every everywhere in our parishes yeah. and every catholic church it's an invitation to come and sit with with our lord and i i think it's it's natural to have those doubts and i think it's normal to especially depending on all your life's experiences right like why go back yeah is, is it yeah. is he really there right and um until we make it a habit of being in that presence then we begin to be open to hearing, right? Whatever yeah. God wants to put in our hearts that day. Well, it's it's 
if, if you have doubts or have had doubts, it's a much more profound experience <laughs> when you yeah. when you cross over, you yeah, know. And yeah. uh, my mom was a convert, and she was such an example because of the power of conversion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I was born into it, yeah. but she was a convert, and and she told me she was a a nursing student in North Dakota. Mm where being Lutheran is state law, I think. <laughs> and a uh, big Lutheran family, you know, 17 kids living on the farm during the Depression. Oh, all my of that, goodness. You know? And she went to a Catholic nursing school in Bismarck, St. Alexis, mm. and she said those nuns had something. Yeah. And I wanted it. And she converted. And she said they never beat me over the head or anything. They just, <laughs> just their example, Yeah. you know. And and I think as parents, that's real important for us to Absolutely. to model that to our kids because as you say, your daughter models your behavior. Yeah. Sometimes even when you feel they're being rebellious, they're they're modeling your behavior. They're, they they yes. they really are. And if if they see, like why do why do mom and dad why do they believe this mm-hmm. or or they just do believe it and they yeah. accept it. I remember. Uh, one one time our family was in Seattle mm. in middle of June and we checked into a hotel we were only going to be there a day or two and it was Saturday afternoon and we said is there a, uh, we figured we'll go to a vigil mass and um, the people at the hotel said well there's some churches here Catholic church and they, nobody quite knew you know <laughs> yeah. and finally somebody gave us some directions and so we went walking and we Cross the freeway on a bridge, and we keep walking around, and we get supposedly closer, and nobody, <laughs> nobody do anything. And then we come around a corner, and here's this procession. Oh wow! And I'm going, that's got to be a Catholic church. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, let's just join these people here, you know. And it was Corpus Christi. Uh, it was a Saturday, as a vigil mass of Corpus Christi oh, Sunday. Oh my goodness! And it just kind of, you know, we were on vacation, and it just kind of escaped our minds. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. God found you. God found us, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like and the, the power of a procession. Oh, my goodness, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think New York also just had a procession right in the middle of Times Square for Corpus Christi. And, you know, as we were talking about that, um, part of our what we do at, at our office is we do the pontifical or the mission cooperative appeal, right, which is part of the pontifical mission societies. It's um, from the papal office. And, and really what it is, um, what I realize is that we're very sheltered and very fortunate here in the U.S., uh, even here in the Diocese of Sacramento, right, you can right. pull up our website and find a parish um, in all 12 counties that we cover. You're going to be able to find a mass, you know, or a vigil or, or, right. um, or adoration. And you think of other parts of the world where, you know, as we meet missionaries, that's not the regular yeah. life there. You know, that's they right. may not be able to go to mass for another month or two months. Right. You know, they're not going to be able to receive Holy Communion. Right. for a long time and it's so precious sure. when it's not available, it's not available. as it is here you know in the u.s and i think that's why the missionary cooperative appeal is so important for us to be reminded of not only the needs and the desire of people all over the world they want to hear the word of god they want to be, be celebrate mass you know they yeah. want to receive the body of christ and for us to be able to realize yes we support that we want to support the word of right. god in every corner of the world but at the same time, 
we're so blessed to be able to go on an app and on a website and find our local Catholic church. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. When we would go on vacation when I was a kid, uh, long before the Internet, long before mm. cell phones, long before, uh, you know, GPS and yeah. things, we'd, we'd pull into a little town in Idaho on a Saturday night, you know, and find a cheap motel and yeah. and the kids would sleep on the floor. And, and, <laughs> and Dad always knew where the church was. It was like a, a sixth sense he had. You know, he <laughs> always knew where the Catholic Church was. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's it's interesting the times I we've d- done that with my family, especially in small towns. Mm. Almost inevitably, in, I remember the, there was a, a small church in Toppenish, Washington, fruit growing area with a lot of farm workers, mm. a lot of migrants, uh, workers, and we went to the church and mass was only in Spanish. Oh, wow. uh, and everybody knew that we were we were strangers, you know. But <laughs> yeah. boy, talk about welcome the stranger among us! Yeah, it was like um, the the people who, who did speak English, which was most of them uh, did speak English because they'd been living there for a while. Yeah, just come on, we have we come over to the hall, we have lunch, we have you know, <laughs> and and where are you going? And telling us all these places to see. And immediately part of the community. Immediately huh, part of the community. Yeah. And and I know in, in other small towns, you know, the pastor will see you and they'll say, I think we have some visitors today. Why don't you tell us where who you are and where you're from? Yeah, you, know? you can't hide. You can't hide. No, no. You know, and it's just it's a wonderful sense of, of community. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as you mentioned that um we were in Oroville a couple of weeks ago, you know, we have our religious sisters um helping uh, our Northern Valley Catholic Social Services and mental health. They're also very much um integrated into uh, various communities, Gridley, you know, right. Oroville, um, Paradise. And our, our the sisters were renewing their vows, mm-hmm. and and I was the same thing. You know, I I don't go to Orville all that you know all that much, but I was at uh, St. Thomas the Apostle mm-hmm. Church, and you know I kind of sat by myself, and of course people see me. I, sure. I don't you know I'm not you a familiar know. face, and the welcome come sit with us. You know, yeah. oh don't sit by yourself. I'm like thank you, yeah, thank you for not feeling me. You know, like a, a castaway yeah. or somebody who doesn't belong. And you're sitting in my seat. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 none of that. And it was yeah. just beautiful, you know, and then, and then there was a reception afterwards, the same thing, you know, come sit with us, you know, right. where are you from? What's your name? And I think that's just a beauty of, of, of our faith, right? We, and the joy, the Catholic joy that we have is come on in, right. you know, uh, yeah. and it, and it translates into how we, into the works of mercy, right? Um, that right. we're, in, we're invited and we're obligated to carry out. Right. So you mentioned paradise. And I know Catholic Charities has been very involved mm-hmm. there. Um, boy, how long ago was the campfire? It was four or five years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. Um, how are things in paradise as far as you know? Um, services are still being provided. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was really a collaboration between um, Northern Valley Catholic Social Services and St. Francis de Paul. Right. And it, we could never... Um, I know St. Francis de Paul was very involved, especially with a lot of the red tape. And, yes, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the amazing work that both organizations have done has been amazing. Um, healing is still occurring. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of um, what our religious sisters up north are doing as well, is um, walking folks through that healing journey. 
you know, um, life is never back to normal. Yeah. And you try to go back to some sense of normalcy. You know, you, you want to move on, but you always carry that little bit of experience, right, of how do you move past that? And yeah. I think through the, com- the community, I think, has just been um, very united, right? Because mm-hmm. once you've gone through that as a community, yep. it's, you need to be able to talk about it. And so, the you know, the work continues. Um, but I think most folks that have, that were receiving services, um, have either moved on to their next phase, uh-huh. um, or are continuing to receive services. Is, is the town coming back in terms of, or is it going to be substantially reduced in population? Um, that I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, Erna, who's a new director at Northern Valley would be perfect to continue okay. speaking on that. Um, and then same as DePaul, right. Yeah. Um, but as far as I know, it's stable um but you know the storms that we had this past winter also impacted those who were in recovery uh, on the recovery path so i know um we reached out and we received support from catholic charities usa to continue supporting nvcss um in the northern part of our diocese so as executive director of of catholic charities what's on what's on your plate on a daily basis what what are your needs and concerns um well there's uh it's 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 a variety, right? Um, from care for creation to supporting our local Catholic charities, who have amazing executive directors at this time, um, to coordinating uh, education programs for uh, you know the Pontifical Mission Society's detention ministry. We just had our detention ministry volunteer retreat up mm-hmm. in Auburn. Uh, Bishop Soto joined us, and to hear. Um, some of the challenges that we're facing in, in our various institutions, uh, but also the good work that's that's happening. Yeah. You know, you forget. Uh, I think that was really the message that we heard um, from our detention ministry volunteers is don't forget us. Right. And let's invite others to participate. Right. Um, because we all make mistakes. Yeah. You know, um, and some of us, our mistakes are bigger than others and <laughs> lends us in the criminal justice system. But to be able to. Uh, to open your heart to hear and to sit with those who are incarcerated and to see that there is a glimpse of hope, right? I remember um, one of my first cases as, as an attorney, I went to the jail in Marysville uh-huh. and it was a young man. He was about 18 and he had gotten mixed up in the wrong crowd. Um, and when I first met him, he was very tough, right. you know, very tough exterior because um, that's how he grew up and that was a society that he was a part of but landed him in jail as well. Um, and as you begin, and as I began to build in that relationship with him, this outer exterior really broke down and he began to cry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he says, I haven't seen my family. I haven't, I'm all alone. Um, and that's what I think where our detention ministry really comes in and says, no, you're not alone. Right. We're here with you. We're here for you. Um, and God is here, you know, and to have, to be that vehicle right. of mercy, it, it's an amazing. So I think if, if folks are interested um, at a minimum, please pray for our detention ministry, yep. our chaplains. Um, they are they're facing a lot of challenges, and they they serve a huge population. In our How diocese. does the detention ministry work? This is separate from the Exodus project. It is which, separate from Exodus. Um, it is our coordinator is Deacon Bill Gakey, mm-hmm. um, and our goal is to have not only volunteers, um, deacons available to provide mass, um, uh, to provide you know, continuing formation for those who are incarcerated. It is a little difficult for volunteers. It's a long um, background check process. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of good work happens once you're in. 
So how would a layperson get involved? So if you reach out to our office, um, mm-hmm. our number is 916-733-0253. And then we can put you in contact with Deacon Geiki and he would be able to um, coordinate volunteers to kind of get the first conversations going mm-hmm. and seeing if this is of interest or um, get the process and what, started. And what might a layperson do once, once they're trained and cleared yeah um bible studies mm-hmm. is something that could be offered um one-on-one accompaniment assisting and coordinating getting um, bibles to those who need bibles um, or getting faith formation materials really to um, to the incarcerated very good wow yeah that's i, I know it's that's high on bishop soto's priority yes and yes. I, I remember bishop Wiegand. it was very high on his priority and bishop quinn mm-hmm. you know all, all of them yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, all the good work and um, that our volunteers have done, at the end of the day, they recognize that it's a, a one-on-one yeah. work. It's building that relationship. And, you know, we started earlier talking about love and being able to receive love. And I think a lot of times, a lot of our social issues stem from a lack of love. Yeah. All right. And if we don't have um, a good example of what love is, it can lead us to the criminal justice system. Right. And while you're incarcerated, kind of thinking of what you've done, what's happened, to have somebody say, no, we still love you. God mm-hmm. still loves mm-hmm. you. It is very powerful. And yeah. it can really change someone's life. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in school, we would go down to the prison in Vacaville mm-hmm. and uh, um, quote unquote legal counseling was the class, but okay. we weren't we weren't attorneys yet. <laughs> and uh, um but it was, you know, it was a way for them to talk to people mm-hmm. who were law students who maybe could research for them or yeah, yeah. That, that sort of thing. And as it, it was voluntary on their part, of course. And, right. and so we would see their rap sheets, those that yeah. and almost inevitably, even with somebody who was way down the, the worst crimes possible, it almost always started with drug abuse. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was, and this was, wow, 50 years ago, you know, <laughs> and, and it was like stunning to me mm-hmm. how, how pervasive that was, how yeah. it had started with petty crime to, to feed a habit. And yeah. it wasn't yeah. always that way, but it was, it was a real pattern. And yeah, it and seems as if that hasn't changed very much. It has not. It has not changed very much. And, um, you know, what we're seeing, obviously, is the family dynamics. Yeah. You know, um, the family instability um, can also lead, right, because you're, the coping mechanism that we it's easily available is going to be, um, unfortunately, drugs yeah. or other addictions because mm-hmm. we're trying to fill that gap, that need for love, and we don't find it anywhere else. And so we fill it the best yeah. we can. With what's available. With what's available, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember oh, about 25 years ago, I had a nightly show on uh, KFBK. Mm-hmm. Just 9 to midnight, general time. Not religious, but just, <laughs> you know, 9 to midnight. And, and of course, we had sponsors. Mm-hmm. And one of our sponsors was a business, a small business called Larry's Comfort Shoes. It was sort of like, um, like I forget the one you see advertised all the time, but for people that really have feet, okay. foot problems. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, cushion, the good, like. The good foot store. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, um, and it, so they make custom shoes and mm. custom orthotics and, yeah, yeah. and that sort of thing. And so because he was a sponsor of my show, uh, one day I go out and I, see their facility and get to know their personnel and everything 
And he took me around and showed me their shop and where they did all the work. And I mean, yeah. it's very specialized work. Yeah. And <laughs> then he tells me that half the people he employed are formerly incarcerated. Wow. And that he felt that it was his duty as a Christian to to help people who needed yeah. it. Needed. And I thought, wow, that's that's a real statement. I don't know it if is. he's still in business or it was a long time ago, but it was it was very impressive to me how because mm-hmm. he's he's taking some risks, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And and perhaps uh, it, it didn't always work out perfectly. <laughs> I but I didn't hear that it didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yet he, you know, and and I thought, wow, that and and that's always stuck with me that that that's important important work and and uh, it the is. detention ministry and the the Exodus Project. Um, yeah, they're. You know, it's it's. I, we were talking with Seth Castleman, the executive director of the Exodus yeah, yeah, Project, yeah. the other day, and uh, Rabbi Castleman, and and he says, you know, it's a little early to 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 be able to specifically point to the fruit, you know, <laughs> but that we feel that, you know, and sometimes you learn as you go, and you go, oh, well, absolutely, we thought this would work, and it really didn't have any effect, or <laughs> or and now we're going this way, and that's much better, but um, the it sure seems like a, an excellent way uh, to help people and also for those of us to get involved. Absolutely. You know, and you, you were mentioning before we went on the air that, you know, kids coming home from college, that yeah. could, what a great time, especially yes. with the Eucharistic revival, for families to kind of reunite over that. Yeah, and I, and I would put that as a, as a challenge, right, to, to all of our listeners, to every every family here in the diocese is make that a goal this summer or, you know, start maybe once a week if mm-hmm. possible, make it a habit, um, go to adoration and have a, a service project lined up, you know, right. contact. We have so many Catholic charities and member agencies and partner agencies that we support through the Adam Catholic appeal that does do such good work, yep. you know, because every, every family, everybody has a different calling, right. right? Not all of us are called to be part of detention ministry. Not all of us are called to feed the hungry. We're all called very different ways um, because we need everybody right. in all these different aspects. Um, and to, I always encourage folks to really think about it as, you have to have two aspects, right? You have to have the service, which you're providing immediate need, you know, you're meeting that need. Uh, but then at the same time is understanding what has led to that need. Right. And a lot of times we get to that understanding through that relationship with that person that is in front of us right. who's asking for help. Right. Right. Because a lot of times we have preconceived notions of why there is poverty, why there is addiction, why, you know, all these social ills are, are occurring or why there's so much suffering. But it's when you are in the presence of the person who is in need and you allow them to share their story, to build that relationship with them, then we begin to really um, deepen our charity, Uh right? Because then we understand, oh, wow, it's the way that maybe if I don't recycle, right, that's going to end up in somebody's backyard, Yep. Yep. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or as we, you know, we we build our advocacy here in the diocese, there's there's always things that we can vote on, but when... um, Legislative proposals are talking about safety net programs like the CalFresh program sure. or the CalWorks sure. program, and if we don't understand how that impacts somebody on the in, in everyday life right. outside of this, you know, legislative proposal, then we we are not completely informed, right. and we can't really have a well-formed conscience to decide how we devote on a certain right. you know issue, and so I think that's where 
um, service and and really advocacy are linked. And so hopefully this summer, right, as we are invited back to adoration, invited back to to receive God's love through the Eucharist, and we are going out to meet Jesus in need. Yeah. All right, so that can lead to a deeper conversation, hopefully within the family. And by that way, we can change society. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Just a small task. <laughs> it, well, it's, it's the old pebble in the pond. That's right. You know, it really, you smile at somebody or wish them well. And, uh, you know, my kids know, don't talk to me before I have my coffee <laughs> in the morning. But, uh, you know, um, it, it spreads. It does spread. It does. And St. Teresa of Lisieux, you know, she says small acts of love are right. what's going to really transform the world. And, and it really starts with the family. You know, and, and I remind our, our family and our parents and our spouses, right? Like, don't yell at each other. Yes. You know, do not yell. Yes. And and to, if you do feel yourself frustrated, right, take a moment, take a step back and recognize, like you were saying earlier, my spouse is loved by God yeah. and has received different charisms, charisms and different ability from the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, and the way that I do things around the house may not be the way that they're able to do things, <laughs> yeah. you know, but admire and um, be so grateful that God has made them, yeah. you know, and they bring different things to the relationship. Right. You mentioned CalFresh. Yes. CalFresh has had severe cutbacks. Yes. Well, how is that? I mean, is, is there any possibility of that getting restored? I've heard that from numerous people that went from a couple hundred dollars a month mm -hmm. to 20 or something. And it's, um, again, right, it's their decisions are being made, whether they're financially motivated, um, mostly financially motivated, I imagine, here in the state of California. But at the end of the day, it trickles down to the senior living next door yeah. who has has been completely reduced in their ability to go out and buy fresh food. Right, right. Um, and so although we may not be able to influence right now what's happening with the CalFresh program in terms of budget decisions, what we can do is find our local food pantry and mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. what else do you need? You know, because right. like, for example, Rancho Cordova Food Locker, the need that they're meeting, I think, has grown exponentially. Yeah. You know, and so being able to have fresh produce, um, you know, bread, things that are um, culturally appropriate or sensitive or meeting specific dietary needs is going to be the demand has increased so much. And so that's where the community really needs to come in and say, yes, we are here. We know that the CalFresh program has reduced their support and people can't buy food. And then there's inflation that comes in. How do we support our local food pantry, uh, our local Catholic charities, so that food is still available for those who are facing significant cuts? Yeah, really significant. I, I know we were talking with Blake Young from the Sacramento Food Bank mm -hmm. uh, the other day. And and I, I don't... As I recall the figures, he said normally, you know, he, and he's been there a number of years, uh, it was like 150000 a month that they were servicing. And they yeah. service over like 200 food banks around, yes. the, around the Sacramento County. And, and he says now it's 350000 And it's not going down, you know, it's the not. pandemic and all. It's gone away pretty much. Uh, but the, the, between inflation... Yeah. And he said, we're able to handle it now, but we don't know how long we can sustain that. That's you know? right. And, and That's when right. you think of those numbers, it's just, it's mind-boggling. It is. And, and it, right, it's numbers, but it really is that person living next to you who's not sharing maybe right. with you what they're going through. But it's 
um, you know, something that I really admire of, of how our Catholic charities, even DePaul, our, our, our ministries, right, at our parishes, we do things because we can yeah. to the extent that we can. Um, we do it humbly. Right. You know, there's no huge fireworks about around the things that we do, but our impact is is very much needed. And then we invite others right. to come in and help us. And so I think the constant invitation is there. And, you know, as we go through, as we enter the parish um, year for Eucharistic Revival, that's also my hope, mm-hmm. right? That the more that we are able to um, to come to church and go to adoration, that we feel that calling and that uh, that reassurance that we are able to help, you know, in any way that we can. I'm going to ask my producer what time adoration is today. We may cancel the next show and just go to adoration. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it, would, it would be a good thing. It would be. <laughs> yeah. It would be. Indeed. Miriam, always a joy to see you. Thanks for all you do. And Thank you, Blessings Bob. to you and your family. And, Thank uh, you, likewise. And everybody you work with. Thank you. Thank you. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about 
uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Hi, this is Brian Visitation, Director of Media and Communications for the Diocese of Sacramento. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. That's me. Thanks, Brian, for uh, all, all that great inter- introduction and all the great work you do here in the uh, Diocese of Sacramento. Uh, wow, so much, so much going on. Uh, the uh, annual dinner, the Vocations Dinner, is coming up on the 24th of June. Everyone is invited. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a closed shop kind of thing. Uh, you don't have to know a seminarian or uh, even be interested in becoming a seminarian. Uh, it's, it's a celebration and also a fundraiser to, to support our seminarians, uh, sponsored by the Knights of Columbus. It's going to take place on the 24th of June at uh, St. Paul's uh, in, uh, on Florin Road. And uh, uh, it's always a wonderful and uh, fun event. And you get to, uh, and inspiring, very inspiring as well. And you get to meet our seminarians who really, uh, you know, a, a wide variety of guys who uh, have decided to uh, give their, their lives to the Lord, to the church, to us. And it's, it's very inspirational in that regard. But it is, uh, and it's uh, all sponsored by the Knights of Columbus. You can talk to the, uh, the Knights uh, in, in your parish and uh, you can get your tickets uh, that way. It is, and it's a wonderful meal provided by the Buckhorn um, or you can call George Bagley uh, to get tickets, 707-372-4913. Uh, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of good food, a lot of good people. And also uh, at this uh, dinner, the annual dinner, the uh, seminary, uh, the uh, altar servers are honored, and they get a certificate from Bishop Soto. They get to meet Bishop Soto and have their photo taken with the bishop, and uh, they get a wonderful certificate signed by Bishop Soto and thanking them for their great service as altar servers. So if you have a son or daughter who is an altar server, um, it's, a re- it's a real treat for them. Bring them to this dinner. Uh, we would love to have as many of the... Usually we get 20 or 30 altar servers there from all over the diocese, so that would be uh, that would be great if you can... Uh, Bring them again. It is the twenty uh, fourth of June, a Saturday evening. It starts really late afternoon. It starts about four o'clock, uh, and so it doesn't take your your whole evening. You'll be out of there at a very reasonable hour. Uh, but it is a, a great. It's great to see all our seminarians. Uh, uh, our, our seminarians now for two thousand twenty two two thousand twenty three. Uh, Benjamin Condon, uh, who's uh, uh, spending his pastoral year. Uh, Ivan Franco-Martin, also a pastoral year. Uh, Victor Gornov, who's a seminarian program. Matthew Grimm, who's in the Propedetica uh, program that first year. Eric Patrick, uh, who was just ordained. <laughs> uh, uh, Scott Whitaker, uh, Victor Amador, Edgar Lozano Cuevas, Alejandro Marquez, Zachary Sturm, and Ralph Tronke. So uh, uh, they all uh, they'll all be there hopefully, and uh, you'll 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 get to uh, you'll get to meet uh, all of them. So it's uh, it's just a wonderful wonderful event. Uh, and sp- also uh, the on the twentieth of June, 
we will have the annual priest and seminarians basketball game, which will be at uh, Christian Brothers High School right here in Sacramento. Uh, it's always a fun event, a wonderful event. Uh, it's uh, great basketball. It's competitive basketball. Uh, and you, you'd be surprised at just how good uh, athletes uh, some of our priests and seminarians are. So uh, um, that's uh, really, really a lot of fun. People come and root for their favorite pastor or their favorite seminarian. It's, it's always packed. And uh, the gates open at, the doors open at 6.30. And then the, uh, the, uh, the game will start around 7. There, there are... Uh, officials uh, for the game it's real basketball and with the, the kings out of the playoffs uh by golly um even though they had a good run uh the uh, this is the only game in town so <laughs> if you can make it that's uh, and there's a snack bar there at at, uh, at at christian brothers so uh you can bring the family and have dinner have have a snack or a soda or a hot dog or nachos or something like that uh, there's a, a a lot of food available as well. So a, a lot of diocesan events uh, coming up, e even though as we move into the uh, summer season, and as we just talked with Miriam San Martino from Catholic Charities, you know, if you have kids coming back from college, as we do in our family, um, what a great time to, to renew the faith. You know, they've been away for uh, maybe nine months, maybe a year, maybe a couple of years, depending on where, they, where they've been. Coming home for the summer, great chance to... Uh, take part in this great Eucharistic revival that is going uh, going on all across the country and certainly strongly here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Take them to adoration. Uh, connect with adoration. Uh, it's, I think, sometimes some people maybe overlook the, 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 the power and the love uh, in Eucharistic adoration. So... Um, it's a it's just a wonderful opportunity to reconnect with your faith and your family. Um, you know they may be they may be in college they may be uh, young adults now at this point, but they are they're still your kids and they still look to you for guidance. Uh, other things coming up: uh, Saturday, June seventeen, eight a.m. to two thirty p.m. Uh, for marriage prep coordinators to so learn the skills you need to joyfully accompany couples. As you journey with them through numerous marriage life topics and statements, you'll also receive access to the Prepare and Enrich website, customer service, and Catholic manuals to assist your conversations with both engaged and married couples. Uh, the cost is $195 uh, per person, um, and it, it will be virtual. And that, again, is going to be uh, take place on Saturday, June the uh, 17th. Then, of course, uh, the uh, baske basketball game on the 20th, 630 to 830 p.m. If you don't know where Christian Brothers is and you want to punch it into your uh, GPS, uh, 4315 Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard right here in Sacramento. Tickets are $15 for adults, $5 for students K through college. Uh, but if you buy six uh, adult tickets, uh, there's a great discount. It's $60 for six adult tickets. Um, also on Thursday, the 22nd of June, the St. Thomas More Society uh, from Sacramento, the event to present the Father 
Sylvester McDermott Award for Integrity uh, was one of those people who was fortunate enough to know Father uh, Sylvester McDermott well, the late Father Sylvester McDermott, a native of Northern Ireland. And uh, uh, if uh, you look look in the dictionary under Integrity, you're, you're going to see Father McDermott's picture. Uh, the award will be presented to Jesuit Father Tom O'Neill. Again, this is uh, Thursday, June 22nd, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., at Cristo Rey High School, which is 8475 Jackson Road. Um, also, then, then the dinner, uh, the vocations dinner on the 24th, it's at St. Paul's Parish, 8720 Florin Road in, uh, in Sacramento, in uh, South Sacramento, in the South area. Uh, a, a great, uh, great parish, uh, kind of a, a little bit rural, if you will. And uh, uh, then the... Uh, World Youth Day Pilgrim Mass will be Saturday, the 1st of July, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at St. Isidore Catholic Church. Of course, St. Isidore the Farmer. They're hosting three events for all pilgrims who will be attending World Youth Day of 2023 in Lisbon. Bishop Soto invites you to gather uh, and participate in Mass being celebrated at St. Isidore in Yuba City. And then also at St. Anthony of Lisbon, uh, it's at St. Anthony de Padua in Lisbon in August. And then uh, there will be a dinner following the Masses. Also the Quo Vadis, Quo Vadis, where are you going? The retreat for boys ages 13 to 17. They'll learn about the priesthood, the diaconate, and married life. There'll be time for fellowship and games. And that's uh, uh, two overnights, it's a, a, a Friday through Saturday uh, Thursday, Friday, uh, excuse me, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, July 28th to July 30th at the beautiful Trinity Pines Catholic Center, 28,000 uh, Rollins Lake Road up in uh, Colfax. And then the actual uh, uh, gathering in Lisbon, August 2nd, uh, will be uh, uh, the uh, dinner with uh, Bishop Soto in Lisbon, Portugal, also the Pilgrim Mass of St. Anthony uh, de Padua uh, will take place uh, at the uh, Largo de Sant Santo Antonio da Sé uh, in Lisbon, Portugal. Also, the uh, World Youth Day stateside, for those who are not going uh, to Lisbon, uh, it will be World Youth Day stateside at Trinity Pines, uh, August 5th and 6th, and a, a recreation and usually a hookup with Bishop Soto all the way from Lisbon. So a lot of great things uh, going on. And then, of course, uh, when we get into September, it will be uh, on fire, uh, which will be the 16th of September at uh, Six Flags uh, Discovery Kingdom in Vallejo. Always a great day there uh, in the park. And uh, toward the end of the month, uh, again, uh, Catholic Ministry Days at uh, St. Francis Catholic High School. Gabe, uh, mm -hmm. you're here to tell people how they can uh, listen on other uh, platforms. Other platforms. Yeah, because obviously you're listening on one of them or else I you mean, wouldn't be hearing this. They, that's exactly right. But they may have other, other needs. And they go, well, I can only get you. And they don't know about these other yeah, you can listen to the show on uh, Relevant Radio, which I'm guessing most of you are. That I'm talking to you right now, uh, 9 o'clock at night, Monday through Friday, and then I believe, what, 10 a.m.? On Saturdays. Saturday mornings. Of. Well, it's, a, it's the best of picked by Relevant from that week. So it's not like a hodgepodge, although that would be that would be fun to do. Um, and then there's also the podcast. You can listen to it on different pl podcast platforms. Uh, 
mostly Apple Apple Podcasts. I believe it's just called Apple Podcasts. Right. It's a uh, it's an app that you get anytime you have an iPhone. Um, and then the other one it would be Podbean, which is a uh, podcasting platform that we're on. Um, I don't. I think we're still on Google Plus. Uh, I believe we are. But uh, other places you can go to is our website, yeah. scd.org. That's what I do. Yeah. It's a good place to do it. You can do it on your phone. Uh, it's an easy uh, one to access on your phone. You just scroll down and see Bishop's Hour. It's got like a little little pin. Uh, and uh, you, you click on that and you can listen to And I thought it was weekly, but actually I think it rotates. It's a pretty long um, database that mm-hmm. goes back pretty far with a lot of our shows. Yeah, and... and uh, and Gabe, I, I see you typing it up. You, there's a little synopsis of who's going to be on mm-hmm. that show. If you if maybe somebody from your parish was featured, and you, you you're not sure which day it was, you can go right back and and find. Oh, this was when so and so was on. Right. And it's as easy as just hitting the link, and and there you go. So. And typically, I try not to put too much of what's going to be on the show in the synopsis because I want people to kind of listen and understand. Like, oh, the. You know, Miriam might be on when she's Catholic Charities, but she also might talk about something with her kids or whatever. So uh, we try to keep somewhat ambiguous with that just because we want people to uh, to to just listen to listen because you don't really know where the conversation is going to go. Don't want to pigeonhole it into something. So, no, you know, yeah. that's that's exactly true. The 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 guests. It's one of the things that I, I really enjoy about this show and being able to do this show is uh, you may. Uh, uh, have a guest on uh, talking about whatever their specific uh, maybe they're putting a workshop on maybe they're running a certain department in the diocese maybe they're a pastor but then you get into something else and you hear their conversion story or you hear you hear um, uh, s- uh, some nugget that they that worked with their kids in terms of spreading the faith and and you you, you pick up things other than what you might have expected uh, to happen so uh, yeah, very a uh, lot of lot of different opportunities, uh, and it's just it's just great. But uh, the the one to me that is easiest way to listen is scd.org, which is Sacramento Catholic Diocese, and you just find uh, you just find uh, the Bishop's Hour. Yep, there we are. That's right there. And like I said, you can scroll back to a few weeks at least, I think, and see shows that have been on. So if you heard the bishop was on, like next time you're at Mass right. on Sunday, and then you you were like, oh, I, I, I missed that one, right. you'll still be able to catch it. Uh, we have him coming up near the end of this month again. He'll be on. But Bishop Wiegand was just on. If you missed right. that interview, you'd be able to go back to get him. And then you know anything else that may be going on that you just that you care about. We try to get uh, schools stuff on as much as possible to represent our Catholic schools. So if you're a parent and you, you're curious about what it is is going on at schools with your kids and with different things that are coming up and all that kind of stuff, um, we hopefully will have it covered. But at the same time, at the same time, if you um, don't have know what's going on, but you have like an idea of like, oh, we have this uh, competition coming up for our kids, or we have an athlete at our, stu- our school, or my kid's an athlete, or whatever you want to advertise, that's fine. Bring them on the show and or, or call us, 916-733-0107. That's a direct line to my office and let us know. I have this uh, person at my school, this person at my parish, this person, and whatever. also, if you go to the website, uh, my number will be there yep. and my email is there as well uh, if you want to email me and or if you have a concern or if you have, have like, say, uh, 
uh, a parish ministry that you think uh, could use some publicity or somebody in your parish or your school that uh, and it, uh, you know it could it could be uh, w- w- we see kids doing some amazing things now or if i mispronounce quavatus and you want to correct me quavatus right and, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah i mean there is and, and don't be afraid to just say you know hey it's my kid that's fine that's great yeah. You know, you're proud of them. Let's get them on. I mean, we had uh, um, one of our, our guests here, uh, Rick Maya, called us and just said, hey, my son's doing great things in baseball. And right. Yeah, we'll get him on. Yeah. You know, he's representing, uh, you know, showing everybody a positive impact you can have. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. It's it's always good to do that. We're, we, are a, we are a, you know, global religion, but we are a uh, local show. Yeah. So, you know. Exactly. We want, we want to hear from all of you. And you probably probably want to know how uh, to get the tickets again for uh, the, the Christian Brothers uh, uh, Priest Seminarians basketball game. It used to be the priests against the seminarians. Now we've uh, we've changed that. Uh, they they mix both of them together. Uh, go to scd.org/backslash/basketball again. Scd.org/backslash. Basketball, fifteen dollars for adults, but if you buy six tickets, it's just sixty dollars. So that's uh, ten dollars off per ticket, uh, or five dollars off per ticket. Thirty dollars if you buy six, and f- just five dollars for students K through college. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. To the cross I look, and to the cross I cling. Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing On it must save you Both bruised and crushed Showing that God is love And God is just
You draw me gently to my knees, and I am. 